Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video messages and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. What's up, Broad River Church? Norwalk, Fairfield County. We're so glad that everybody is gathering in today. I'd like to invite you to open up your Bibles to the Gospel of John. In just a minute, I'm going to read two verses as a text there today, but we're going to look at several parts of Scripture today, so why don't you have your Bibles ready? My name is Kevin, and along with my wife Jacinta, we're lead pastors here at Broad River Church, and we're really glad that you joined us today. I want to just uh, add what we heard earlier um, about our Connect card. If you could let us know that you are here. This is for everybody, really. Let us know that you're here by filling out the Connect card on our website. We'll also drop it in the Facebook pages and YouTube links there. Um, there's several ways that you can respond on there, but especially if you're a guest with us today, we'd like to know that you're here. We'd like to send some information to you about things going on here at Broad River Church. And for everyone, our prayer request link um, on our website um, is an important way to let us know about the things that are going on in your life. We'd like to pray intentionally and specifically for your needs. So if you'll fill that prayer request uh, form out, and I know there's lots of things going on in people's lives right now, we would like to join with you on those things this week. Let me also mention that for the first time ever, we're going to be having a digital growth track. Growth track is a process uh, for people who have become attached to Broad River Church but want to kind of come closer to the center of what's happening here. In our growth track, we give you more information about the church. We talk to you about your spiritual gifts, uh, your specific design, so that you can get connected to doing what everybody wants to do, which is make a difference in their life. That growth track is going to be starting in May, and we'd like to get you the information about that. So if you're interested on your Connect card, there's a place where you can select growth track, and we'll get you everything you need to get started there. As of today, it has been seven weeks since we've gathered together in person. And man, we miss being together, don't we? I I was thinking this last week how unnatural and awkward it is for God's people to not gather together. And we notice it more than we ever have because we've been separated. And my prayer, my heart, is that as we come out of this time and we're once again able to gather together, I hope that we remember how unnatural and awkward it's been and how natural and comfortable it is for God's people to gather together, how important it is. So that's kind of the the sermon before the sermon today. Let's look at John chapter 11. Verses 25 and 26. Here's what we read. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O God, you are my rock and my redeemer. I pray that you would speak to us today. Your people need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. For the last month now, we've been saying that healing is coming. And I believe that it is. And here's what I know, that that means much more than we even know when we say it. It's a more complete healing than we can even imagine 
And I'm also thinking this morning, if you've never made the decision to give Jesus the control of your life, it's a healing that can begin today. Uh, On Easter, two weeks ago, we started leaning into what does it mean that healing is coming? And we we found out, for instance, that God's healing is not like some sort of temporary painkiller that kind of wears off. It doesn't wear off. Last week, I asked a question that I I really now think that the rest of our year as a church is going to kind of be built upon. It fits with our theme of urgency. The question I asked last week is, what if we never die? I want to continue with that thought today. Because I, I don't think that we have a death problem. As humans, I think we have a, a life problem. I'm suggesting that we need to take Jesus seriously about what he says. Listen, Jesus is the one who has the real information about life. And especially as followers of Christ, we need that information. And and I'm not going to be shaking my finger here. This is not about asking you to do more and say, hey, church, you need to do more right things. In fact, with this series of messages, what I'm really trying to do is turn this question back on myself as a pastor and praying that God helps us preach to you good news that makes you believe in the fact that every one of you is an eternal being. I I need to preach to you a gospel that helps you see that the work of God in your life is an eternal work. Check it. This is reality. You are never going to cease existing, and there's nothing that you can do about it. You're stuck with it. That's reality. So when I ask the question, what if we never die? What I'm really asking is, now that you know that you're not going to, what are you going to do? Who are you going to be? I want to preach a different world to you. I want to make it real. So please pray for me. Because if you could just see this, if you could grab on to it. We we saw last week that Jesus abolished death. He abolished it. This word abolished means something like to put an end to a system. So what happens when something is abolished? It is no more. Right? It no longer exists, and for the person who trusts in Jesus, they are never going to die. Now, I, I told you last week that there's some problems with the language, because in one sense of the word, obviously, we are going to die. I can't spend too much time here. We saw it a few weeks back. Hopefully you remember John chapter 11, all of it. And you'll get the idea here. It was a story of Lazarus. Two sisters send some people to Jesus, say, hey, the one that you love, your boy Lazarus, is not doing well. Hint, hint. You need to get on the road and get back and heal Lazarus. And Jesus immediately responds, this sickness is not unto death. And Jesus loves him. But he hangs around for a few more days. Listen, you need to read the Bible sometimes. It's pretty awesome because it'll make you think. Here's something that I found out as I've read the Bible and have lived my life with God. We've been talking a lot about people on the front lines recently and how important they've been over the last six or eight weeks especially. But check it. When Jesus really loves you, Jesus really loved Lazarus, he bumps you up to the front line. Lazarus gets promoted to the front lines. 
So then Jesus decides to go to his friend. He says to his disciples, here's the language problem. Hey, disciples, we need to take off. My friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. That's the language problem. I need you to get this. In the right side of your Bible, the New Testament's idea of falling, of death is falling asleep. The idea is that a person's body is like they're asleep, but they still exist. This is important. And, and the disciples don't get this whole sleep thing. When he says that, they say, hey, that's good, right? He's sleeping. It probably means he's getting better. He's going to recover. By the way, don't judge them. You probably would have said the same thing. So Jesus has to go back to them and tell them in their language, it's a language problem. No, no, no. Lazarus is dead. What? Jesus, you just said he wasn't going to die, and now you're saying he's asleep, and now you're saying he's actually really dead. What's up, Jesus? You see, they couldn't see it. Their minds were turned. They couldn't get this. We have a hard time getting this, so Jesus has to say, okay, just so that you understand, let me just leave it here. Lazarus is dead. We have to get clear about what Jesus is saying when he says Lazarus will never die. That's why we read these two verses. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Watch this. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Okay. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Here's what Jesus is saying. The thing that people fear and dread as death, we saw last week that death captures people in slavery in at least two different ways. The thing that people fear as death, Jesus says, will never happen to them if they believe in him, if they believe in Jesus. So what is it that people fear about death? I think that they fear separation. I think that people fear death because of extinction. When people fear death, I think they fear life ending because life is precious. They, they fear death because people love them and because they love others. And Jesus is saying that will never happen. That will never happen. Whoever believes in me, though he die, in other words, even when somebody's body has physically given out, yet he is still alive. That's people who have passed on. And so you need to get this. Jesus is saying the one who has not died yet, they're not physically dead, their body hasn't given out, and believes on me will never die. Are you getting this? This is important. Later in this same story, the shortest verse in the Bible, it's a handy one to have if you ever have to show somebody that you've memorized Scripture. The shortest verse in the Bible says, Jesus wept. And the more I stay in this story in John 11, the more I believe that Jesus wept because these two sisters, Mary and Martha, and all these other people who have spent time with Jesus, they didn't understand. I think Jesus wept because he wanted to say, hey, if you really understood what was happening here, you wouldn't be weeping, you wouldn't be wailing, you would be rejoicing. A little bit later in, in the same book, John chapter 14, Jesus tells his disciples he's going to go away, and they get all upset, and they're crying, and Jesus says to them, wait, 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 if you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said I'm going to my Father. I get to go home. If you ever travel at all for business, 
I, I have to travel sometimes for, for church business, and when you travel for business, you don't always end up in cool places like San Diego or Sydney, right? Sometimes you're stuck like in a, in a hotel room like in Akron, Ohio, shadowed out Ohio, right? O-H-I-O. And one of the things, if you happen to get stuck in Akron, Ohio, in a hotel room that you're going to be thinking to yourself at some point is, man, I can't wait to get home. It's the same with Jesus. He said, this is me getting to go home. Rejoice with me. This is Lazarus. To him, it is a home going. This is something to get hyped about. It's something to rejoice over. But these people in this story, us people, let's not lay it on them, they were so confused that they were torturing themselves and suffering. I grew up in the South, and in the South, when you go to funerals, almost always it's an open casket, okay? And it happens sometimes here in the Northeast as well, an open casket, and very often people are coming in, and they're crying, and they're collapsing in the floor, and I'm not judging anyone's experience, Of course, our heart hurts when we lose someone we love. There's separation. That's real. I'm not saying we need to be happy about that. But what I want you to understand today is I want you to be able to rejoice because number one, it is temporary. That's first. And secondly, the other person that has passed on that we're weeping and wailing for, they aren't missing anything. Hear me, they aren't missing anything. I thought a lot this week about my, my grandmother. Her name is Nancy Mars, one of my grandmothers. She passed away in 1998. And man, she was a Christian. She was, uh, left just this amazing Christ-filled legacy here on earth. And here's what I want you to hear. Everything that was incredible about her, the things that we would look at her and say, man, that's what made her awesome. That's what made her effective and incredible in this world. All of those things right now, 22 years later, are now enhanced in her. Hear this. The best things we have in this world are just a taste of what is to come. So I think that's why Jesus wept, because they didn't understand. I want us to see and hear this morning a couple of things that I think cause us trouble in understanding. If you get this, I think you'll also be able to see why this system that fights against God's kingdom is a system of despair. I think that if you get this, you'll see why the system of this world leads to hopelessness and emptiness. And I'd like you to write these two thoughts down and think about them this week. This will help you to understand what our life actually is, what your life actually is. The first trouble is that people think that their life is just physical. It's a mistake. For example, people in 2020 often think that we are just our bodies. That's who I am, my body. I am my brain, people think. Even a lot of Christians think that. I am my brain. If you ask them, well, what about God? God doesn't have a brain. What about him? Did you ever think about that? God doesn't have a brain. That's for free this week. You can chew on that. God doesn't have a brain, and he doesn't miss it. Chew on that. Get this, you are not your brain. You are not even your body. 
I'm doing a little bit of what we like to call theology here. I'm not going to stay here long because I know it's deep, but you are not your body. You are not your brain. What you are is your experiences and your knowledge. You are the way that you act in the world. You are what matters most to us. You are your relationships, your relationships to other people. You are your thoughts and your memories and your objectives and your character. That's who you are. And what God gets out of your life is the person that you become. I'm starting to preach now, so I'm hoping you're with me where you're at. Lean in with me right now. Dallas Willard says it this way. He said, you are right now becoming the person that you will be forever. Now, there's a whole worldview that fights against this idea and wants to say that all you are is a clump of cells, and at whatever point that last cell in your body gives out, you're done, that's it. And I want you to know that that is a dangerous and deadly lie. And what Jesus is saying here is that at the moment of your physical death, all of those things are going to continue. What things? The things I mentioned. Your thoughts, your memories, the things you focused on, your character, your knowledge. Let's just call it your experiences. They will carry on. Watch this. At the moment of your death, you will continue as a complete and whole person. This is what God's Word says. That's what your life is. You are not your brain. You are not your body. I want you to take time to think about this week. But I have another thing I want you to take away. One more thing. What's the reason we will continue? Why don't we cease to exist? Why will we never die? Hopefully some of you are wondering that right now. First of all, it's because God has plans for us. Hear that today. God has plans for us. Here's the second thing. It's because he has invested in us. You're going to continue as a complete and whole being because God is invested in you. Do you think that God is going to let his son die for you and then he's going to just let you stop existing? No, he has plans for you. He's invested in you. And the third thing is because he loves you. It's because he loves you. If you've ever had like an older pet in your house that you really love and it's, and maybe they're not doing very well and you, you don't want to let go of them, right? It's hard. It's heartbreaking, but they're, maybe they're in so much pain and you just have to release them. But if you could have fixed that pain and made things better for them, you would have kept them around forever until you were out of here. Because you love them. I'm trying to give you just a small idea. God loves you. That's why you're never going to die in the way that we think of being fearful of dying. He's invested in you. He's got plans for you. He's got plans for you. And that's, that's something for another time. Except to say, when I say he's got plans for you, that if, you, if your idea of heaven is you're just going to be sitting around on a cloud playing a harp in some sort of endless church service, there's a lot more going on than that in God's plans for you. Next week, I, I want us to look at how we know we won't stop existing. So I want you to be here for that. But let's look at one final scripture together. It's in Psalm chapter 16 verses 10 and 11 that says this, for you 
will not abandon my soul to Sheol. The word there is grave. You will not abandon my soul to the grave. Or let your holy one, another word there is righteous one, your righteous one see corruption. That word corruption also means decay. So you will not abandon my soul to the grave. You will not let your righteous one see corruption or decay. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's God's intention toward those who believe. That's why you won't stop existing. I couldn't think of what, who wrote this. There's some sort of hip-hop song. That's, it, the, the refrain was kind of like, and you don't stop, and you won't stop. Somebody can tell me what that is. But listen, that's your song. And you don't stop, and you won't stop. That is you. That's what God has in mind for you. Eternal life. Active life. Whole life with him to those who believe. Would you pray with me today? Lord God, I pray that you would teach us to number our days. Lord, teach us to redeem the time that you've given to us because one, the days are evil, but also, Lord, because this time that you've given us is fruitful. Help us to sink ourselves 100% into the time that you've given us. Help us to take advantage of it, Lord. Help us to live a life that is an appropriate life once we understand that we're never going to cease existing. God, give us that awareness, awareness of the full life that you have for us and how right now every decision, every moment is a part of that eternal life that you've created for us. It started now. You've given us a taste of heaven even right now. God, I pray for those that, as I was speaking today, they would say, you know what, this life that you're talking about, this eternal life that comes from believing in Jesus, I need to make that first step because I've never really given him control and leadership of my life. I've never made him Lord of my life. Lord, for those that are saying that right now, I just ask right now that your, your presence would be quickly with them in the rooms where they are, that they would just feel the warmth of your presence all over their bodies in their hearts and in their minds. If that's you today and, and you would say, you know what, I've never made that decision, but I want to. I want that eternal life. I wanna say a prayer today and I'm gonna say the words, but I'd ask you to repeat them after me, but make them your words from your hearts. Would you pray these words with me? And listen, Broad River Church all over the area, nobody prays alone, let's pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for your resurrection and for the new life that I have in you. And now, Lord, I give my heart to you. Forgive me of my sins. Turn my heart back to you. And to the best of my ability, I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We just give God a praise right now. God, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for who you are. We give you praise. Amen. That prayer is for all of you. The Bible says that Jesus said, if you drink of me, you will never thirst again. So I'm excited about that happening in some, somebody's life. Your thirst being quenched forever, starting today, April 26, 2020.
Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. If you'd like to take a next step in your journey following Jesus, just visit broadriver.church slash next steps. We'll see you next time.